You know, we, um, we went through something as a body and we're coming out stronger. And for a while, our body was incomplete because part of us wasn't here. But we're complete now because that part of us is in that cloud of witnesses worshiping with us. And this person that was pulling us into our um, uncomfortable zone is now pushing us into that uncomfortable zone. So... Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Sorry. I just want to thank you guys for everything you guys have done as a body. Seeing the testimonies and just hearing everything that's been happening. Um, some of you took off work. Some of you donated financially, your time your love, your shoulder, your arms, and we just appreciate you. What a beautiful picture of family. What a beautiful picture of family. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm at all of just what's been going on behind the scenes, and it's, it's beautiful, and I probably don't know it all, but it's, it's beautiful. So with that, let's transition. <laughs> Um, ah, how do you move from that to this? Chris, 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 Chris. Chris, Chris, Chris. That's right. It's all about Chris. I forgot he told me. Can you just bring it back about me, Raquel? I forgot about that. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> For those of y'all that can't hear, he's making this sound like, oh, great. I love it. It makes my heart skip a beat, actually. Um, so, uh, just real quick, we have a bookstore. Yay, bookstore. Um, so if you have taken a book or you're interested in a book, if you want to know about a book, ask one of us. Really, ask Marilyn. All of that is in her brain. She orchestrated that. It looks beautiful. So, um, and also the beautiful thing is that if you've taken a book, you can go on the church app, on the drop-down box, and you can pay for it through there but it's called Knowledge of the Core. But if you have a question about a book, if you want to know about a book or you want a book recommended to you, this is the brain right here in this front area. And we also have Craig's book up there, <laughs> which you'll hear from him shortly. Um, also, we have a ton of leftovers, guys. A ton of leftovers, so please stay and eat. Eat two plates. Actually, I think that's going to be a requirement before you leave is eat two plates or eat one and take one to go. So, yeah, that's it. You guys look good. Tie-dye. As you can see, Roger is still here with us. <laughs> His memory lives on. So I'm going to pass this over to Chris because he does a better job at this stuff. Hold on one second. Um, yeah, give her a hand clap. Let's give her a hand clap. Um, where is Allie? Allie. All right, so Allie is, has a, a doctor thing tomorrow that um, she asked for prayer for specifically because um, if it goes a certain way, they might have to do surgery. Is that right? Yeah, and it'll be right there on the spot. So we believe, she came and asked that question because she believes God can heal, first of all, and can correct and do anything at any time under any circumstances. Is that true? Anybody else join in with that belief with her? Yeah? Okay. Um, could a couple of y'all ladies just, just reach over there and just as a point of contact, just lay your hand on her back there or something, and, and uh, man, let's just go for it. So, Father, we just thank you uh, for Allie's faith to believe that you, your word is actually true, <laughs> to believe that you really can and you really do do what you say and what you promise. And so we come to you right now and we ask you uh, for healing in her, in her physical body, for whatever 
the exact circumstances and the makeup are uh, in her body that needs correction, we pray for that right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, we believe that all things work together for good, and so we ask you, Lord, to make it good, and we, we call upon your name for that, Father. Uh, I love that Psalm 20 in the New King James says, some may trust in horses and some in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. And so we just speak that over her in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Anybody else in the room that you, you're, you're in a situation like that that you need healing for, you need prayer for? Anybody else? Just lift your hand. It's all, it's all good. No? You? And sir, what's your name? John? Josh. Man, all right, Josh. Well, uh, obviously you raise your hand because you believe. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, man, Father, we just pray for Josh right there. Hey, Axe, can you put your hand on his shoulder there? For, there we go. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just pray for Josh. Uh, <laughs> that it, It's awesome that we have the faith to believe you at your word. And so right now we just call upon that in Jesus' name. That uh, just for healing in his physical body, uh, Lord, that, that you would do what you said you would do, Lord. We hold you to that, Father. Not in an arrogant way, just, man, we're your kids. You're a good, good dad, and this is what you said you would do. So we thank you for that, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. Man. Please eat some food today. Please stay in fellowship with the plates. You know what I mean? Fellowship with the plate. Have that communion back and forth. It's, uh, I think there's lasagna and chicken Alfredo. There's something like 6,000 breadsticks and, and 20,000 salads. Yes. Put some in your pocket. Take some in your pocket, Raquel said. Um, so... Um, man, we have uh, an amazing friend with us today um, that means so much to us as core family. They're not actually, that whole Ferris clan back there is not like, you know, they're just friends that come in from out of town. This is our family back here. And, um, you know, Craig and Shannon, um, they're really uh, amazing. They're not perfect. Amen, kids? No, <laughs> <laughs> I had to slide that in on you, man. I got to pick on you a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the one thing in, in, in the conversations that I've had and the teachings that I've sat under and a lot of their, um, a lot of their online stuff, uh, they, their view of family and of kids is, is just amazing. I wish that I had had that kind of insight, uh, you know, that when we were raising our kids, I wish that we had thought of that kind of stuff or had that knowledge. And so I have no idea what he's going to share on today. I know he did just write a second book. Um, but the one cool thing about Craig, I think Shannon handles all that kind of stuff. Like she's, she smacks Craig into place, I think. Uh, and um, what's really cool is uh, they're on an Abraham journey right now. He woke up from a dream one morning and he told Shannon, he said, hey, uh, you know what God told me? She goes, yeah, we're moving to Austin. And he was like, Man, it was true. <laughs> and they packed up everything and just left. <laughs> just, you know, hasta la bye-bye, man. They're gone. And uh, so now they're living here in Austin, uh, just trying to see what dad wants to do with them there in Shake Up, Texas. Uh, Craig is, um, he doesn't like this, but too bad. He's one of uh, the most accurate prophetic voices um, in our time right now, and he doesn't like me saying that, but that's too bad, so um, he's just really amazing, I love his family, man, his kids will give you a word, and, and Maverick is awesome, yeah, anybody follow the Chronicles of Maverick, yeah, yeah? <laughs> but uh, man, uh, Craig, why don't you, I don't know if Shannon, if you're coming too, why don't y'all come on up here, be sure today and get agreed, I don't know, you're gonna, you're gonna come up here? Yeah, all the way up front, right? Man, we love you, bro. Well, what do you do after somebody introduces you like that? 
I shouldn't have let Maverick go to class. I should have kept him out here. <laughs> Apparently he has some fans. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If we had Maverick out here, we'd be in trouble. Uh, he's two, and uh, his name fits. Uh, when, you, when you have 12 kids, you would think by the time you get to number 12, you would understand the value of a name. So while you're having children, remember, names have a, a lot of significance, and uh, that can't come back to bite you. So, you know what, let me start first with what Raquel said. How do you, how do you stop? Like, how do you move from that place? Uh, one, you don't. Like, you, you should never move from that place. That's, that should never be an option. Um, it's a condition of the heart to be locked into a place of worship that we should understand we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're not creating an atmosphere so that God comes down, that we actually are exposing the presence of God that we carry. So when she says, hey, we're, we're shifting... We're not leaving. Nothing has to change. Obviously, there's a preference to maybe that style of engagement, which is awesome. I love it. Who doesn't want to stay in, in that style of engagement? Who doesn't want to just worship? It, that, I mean, that I'm surrounded in this place by people who want to engage with worship. So, there are times when you're in a structured system, like a morning service, that there's things that have to be done. Uh, there are times when it does not have to be done. That you stay engaged exactly in that style of engagement, and you keep on. When it's necessary to move out of that style of engagement, you don't leave that presence. He inhabits the praises of his people. Well, the praises are internal. You guys just get to see me do it from time to time. But that doesn't mean that even as I'm with you now, that I'm not internally engaged in worship. The presence that I experience in the midst of my engagement during a worship service is the same as when I'm standing here even talking to you guys. So I love that she's like, I don't want to leave this. Well, maybe, maybe we can go back. Maybe we can pull the worship guys back up here. <laughs> Seriously, I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, at the same time, we want to understand that we're not walking away from, oh, his presence is lifted. He's gone back to sit on his throne. <laughs> and now we're going to have training and instruction so that we can take something for the rest of the week where we'll have to fight to get him to be present. Jesus was very clear, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he says, I've got to go away so another one can come. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to inhabit you. And he said, everything that I did, you will do, but greater. So maybe what he's saying is that now if they see me, they've seen the Father. I'm not, I'm not escaping from the mark of my father to go to my work all during the week and hoping he'll show up. I'm actually going because he sent me. And when the people around me are crying out for him to arrive, they're actually looking for me, not for him. Think about that. The people that needed a move of God when Jesus was on the earth, when Jesus arrived, God arrived. So when the people on your job or at play or at Walmart or Target, depending on which side you pick in that war, <laughs> when you arrive, it's not God having to come down to arrive within those places. Oh, he arrived because I'm here. So when we, when we shift, because he told his disciples, as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
to go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. I'm not saying he's going to come back someday and rescue me. I'm not saying at some point he might arrive. I'm saying, guess what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. How's it at hand? Oh, that's me. So, for those of you, I just wanted to make sure that we understand that we never leave that place. That the cry that's going on in the world today is waiting not for God to come back and rescue us. It's waiting for me to arrive. It's waiting for you to show up. So, that wasn't even part of what I was going to say, but there you go. So... With that, let me tell you what happens when you start to live according to Jesus actually being there. You move to Texas. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so we have been in Texas uh, since the beginning of the year. So we're in our eighth month. Uh, unique things have been happening. We have been far more busy than we actually ever imagined we could be. Um, we, we actually have looked over the last few years of our productivity and Shannon and I have come to the conclusion, or at least she agrees with me, um, which is a rare thing, guys. And I, I'll tell you, I'm usually wrong. <laughs> she told me so, so I know. <laughs> so... Oh, we have probably been more productive in the last eight months than we were the previous five years. Meaning that when we shifted, there was been a grace on our lives to step into places where we knew we were supposed to be moving, and we are now doing that uh, at a production rate that has exceeded anything that we possibly could have imagined. Um, they mentioned my book. Look at that. Uh, I had never written a book before, and we've been trying to get this done for quite some time, and here it is. Uh, Surprisingly enough, this one that took so long, we now have a second one that's done. That's pretty incredible in eight months that we went from nothing to multiple books, multiple trainings, Uh, and let let me say, there's something about being able to step from a place where you're looking for purpose into the place of purpose. And sometimes that's a mindset, not a geographical uh, relocation. Understanding uh, that there are times that places where um, where we're dealing with pain that actually are disguising places of purpose. And so, let me say, uh, Vacaville is my home. Now, I live in Texas, and it's, it's kind of bizarre to be like, hey, I live in Cedar Park just outside of Austin, uh, but Vacaville is my home. Um, my, wife was, my wife grew up there. I moved there in high school, and Vacaville is my home. When you ask my kids about home, they say Vacaville is their home, even though they've lived in multiple places. They've lived in Redding. They've lived in uh, Austin, or they've lived in... Arizona, and now they've lived in Austin. But they all say Vacaville's home. Sometimes home is not the place of purpose. Home is the place where I'm known for who I am, not what I do. Home is the place I'm loved no matter what. And in order for me to move out of the place that I was loved for who I am, to being someone who actually, what he does, produces a love that they want to know who you are, I had to move to a place of purpose. But in that move, I've got to say, it was extremely painful. Leaving home is never easy. Moving from home to a place of purpose is absolutely, um, well, ask my kids, we're eight months in and there's still tears. I miss my friends, I miss my family, I miss, at the same time, 
those tears can shift from tears of pain to tears of purpose, which are great joy, because we know we moved with him. We moved for him, because of him, and with him. And that every day is spent working with him. Not for him, but working with him. So it's been an incredible journey. Uh, and it's crazy that it's been eight months already. Um, but here we are. And I'm, it, it's interesting that we're going this route. I had not planned. Interesting. So if you guys haven't seen me before, I tend to do what he's saying. Um, and then I, I, I used to joke all the time, and he told me to stop doing it, but I'll say it so you guys know. I used to say, if he's not talking, I got nothing valuable to say. And he said, you probably shouldn't say that. And I was like, why? He's like, because sometimes you're repeating what I said before. I went, oh, my bad. Because <laughs> I'm good at cheating. So if he said something before, I'll cheat off his test from before. Because... <laughs> So here, here's what I want to do. Um, you know, the, Chris said something about me, and he said he won't like this. So I'm trying to adjust to that. Um, the last few years, there's, there's a few things that have marked uh, some of, what's the best way, uh, the exposure that I've had, engaging with new family, uh, encountering new places, stepping into places where my assignment is. And in that, there's a few things that have followed me. One is, he's the most accurate prophetic voice that we're aware of. That's kind of a big deal. Because uh, I know a lot of guys, and I'm like, they're amazing. And they're like, yeah, but you're accurate. I'm like, hey, no, but what about these guys? They're like, no, you're more accurate. I'm like, how do you even compare that? Like, who's writing that down and testing it? <laughs> like, is there a test you got to take for this? Because if there's a test, I quit. <clears throat> but what it is is they, they have just been able to see that over time, some of the things that I've said have been they've, been, they've been weighed out, measured, and it's happened. And so that's been said the last few years, which actually caused me to do the first training, the, the first training we had ever done, which was called Samuel's Road. It's like, if you're actually going to say I'm the most accurate, why is that? What is, a, what is the standard for accuracy? What does it say in Scripture that would say somebody's accurate? So it led us on in a unique journey. The, the second thing that's been following me is Father. You're such a, you have such a Father's heart. Now, I've got 12 kids, guys. So the first time somebody gave me that, I was like... <laughs> That was a hard one. <laughs> Nailed it on that one. <laughs> uh, if you're watching, I apologize. I was not, <clears throat> I didn't receive that as well as I should have. Uh, and then I got it again and again and again. And I'm like, what? Okay, so I got to tell you the truth. When I got it so many times, I actually stepped back and went, hey, God, am I messing up my kids? Like, are you being kind and calling out a good thing when you should be saying, you suck as a dad? <laughs> it, I, I did. I, I was like, please, God, do I need to go into fasting and prayer? Do I need to get some counseling? What do I need to do? Um, and then I'm asking Shannon, hey, Shannon, what do you think of me as a dad? She's like, you're a good dad. I'm like, no, 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 don't be my wife right now. I need you to be a good mom. I need you to tell me, do I, do I suck as a dad? <laughs> And she was like, yes, you do. <laughs> She's like, but let's talk about being a husband. <laughs> She's, I'm just playing. She doesn't say any of this stuff, and I'm going to die afterwards. <laughs> so it took me a little bit. So two years ago, uh, I actually went to uh, Bethel School of the Prophets, and I went as a student which was awesome for me because I, I got to sneak in. Nobody knew who, who I was or what I was doing. And I just got to sit, and I sat on the back row like I did this morning. I was like, yes, this is awesome. I get to learn. I just get to eat. So they have these roving prophetic teams. I'm getting, hey, you, right here, right here. 
And I'm like, dude, I'm on the back row. Y'all can't find, they're up there on the front. Y'all going to give me homework. <laughs> so they're, they're hitting me. You know what they're all saying? Father, 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 father. Now, none of these people have, no, I've got 12 kids. There, I'm invisible. There's 800 people there. There's, these people don't know who I am. I don't know who they are. I've never seen them before, and they're tagging me on this father thing. So last year, I end up in Canyon. Obviously, guess what? Guy looks at me and says, Father. I went, ah, okay, I'm hearing you loud and clear. I'm paying attention. So I have, I have not just a position, but it also an assignment to be a father. The third thing that's come up, and this one struck me, this one, uh, this one still, if I'm not careful, will make me cry, uh, <clears throat> is wisdom. And I, the last place I was at, I did a conference this year, and it was with someone that I'm getting to know and I love very much, but we don't know each other very well. We, haven't, we had never done anything together. And he said he's such a well of wisdom. And I went, wow, could it be? I don't want to be behind on this one like I was with Father, waiting three years to begin to engage. But it's been two years where this word keeps following me. Man, you just came with incredible wisdom. And I went, what am I doing that's producing that? What have I done that has produced an atmosphere of a Father? What have I done that could produce wisdom. So, with that, what I want to do is I want to, I want to talk about wisdom this morning. I want to talk about wisdom like a dad would. Okay? So, I'm, I'm going to, as best as I can, as much as you can hear, hear the heart of a loving dad trying to give you something that he's had glimpses of, that he's grabbed a hold of, the truth of, and trying to hand to you the ability to grab a hold of wisdom. So with that, we're going to go through several scriptures, okay? Because if it's not written down, it's probably not as good as you think it is. <laughs> so Proverbs chapter 4, 1 through 9. It says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, Give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the, mouths, the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Before I move to the next scripture, I want to I point something out. He stops to mention his mother. There's a unique thing in the ability for a father to teach something. But it's a mom that cultivates it. A father may give a principle, but a mother helps live it out. And I, I think that's one of the things he's trying to say is get the instruction of your father, cultivate it with your mother, and begin to live it out. It goes back to the original intent of the garden, that in the moment woman's created, God then speaks to, you'll leave a father and mother, cleave to your wife. What? What does Adam know about a father and mother? Not a thing. Not a thing. God is speaking into the prophetic future of the entire earth, saying that I've designed you to leave father and mother and cleave. Why? Because Adam has to know, what do I have to do? I have to prepare my sons to leave me and how to take care of their wife. That they have to be prepared to partner with someone. That she actually is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. They've got a partner. I've got to stop before I get too lost on that. 
But here Solomon is saying, hear my words. Mom's going to cultivate this because Solomon remembers I was young in my mother's eyes. Why? Because dad's teaching me this, but mom's helping me live this. Okay. So Exodus 28, 3, 4, and 5. You shall speak to all the skillful people whom I am endowed with the spirit of wisdom that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may serve as a priest to me, and these are the garments which they shall make, a breast breast piece, an ephod, a robe, a tunic, a checkered work, a turban, and a sash. They shall make holy garments for your brother Aaron and his sons, so that he may serve as a priest to me. They shall take the gold, the violet, the purple, the scarlet material, the fine linen. Then we're going to jump over. I'm going to hit a whole bunch of these. Uh, Exodus 31, uh, 1 through 11. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Baziel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting and carving wood and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, indeed I, have appointed with him Ahaliab, yeah, I, I'm a Hebrew scholar, the son of Ashmach of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, the table, its utensils, the pure gold, lampstand, and all its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and its utensils, the laver, its base, the garments of ministry, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, the garments of his sons to minister as priests. That's a lot. And let me pause there before we go to the next one and just say, far too often we look at people doing work that we consider menial which right here is said to be a craftsman. That they actually were skilled with wisdom to perform acts that we now look down upon. Just a thought. Exodus thirty-five twenty-six, And all the women whose hearts stirred with wisdom spun, yards, spun yarn of goat's hair. Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him, so the children of Israel needed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. 2 Samuel 20, 22. Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bitri, and threw it out to Joab. Then he blew a trumpet, and they withdrew from the city, every man to his tent. So Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. A lot of scripture. You guys with me still? Did I lose you? Remember, we're supposed to stay in that place. (laughs) The sound of my voice will keep you totally engaged. (laughs) 1 Kings 3.28. And seriously, that probably should be something you think about because a dad's voice tends to put people to sleep. I've got 12 kids. They go to sleep every time I talk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not entertaining to them no matter what I do. And all Israel heard the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. 1 Kings 4, 29-34 And God gave Solomon wisdom, and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. Thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. And then the last one, 1 Kings five twelve. So the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he had promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty together. Now, I know I just read a whole bunch, and I'm sure you remember where I started. Uh, If I asked you which part in Exodus it was, I know you guys got that all just locked in. Let me say, if at all we want to understand wisdom, we have the whole cheat code. I didn't even scratch the surface of what it says about wisdom. I didn't scratch the surface about what it is that people did because of wisdom. There's multiple ways to engage with wisdom. Now, let me talk about some of the benefits of wisdom before I talk to you a little bit more. 
Now, if you look in Proverbs, you begin to recognize that when wisdom comes, the spirit of wisdom, she never comes alone. She always comes with her friends. She comes with understanding, knowledge, discretion, discernment, wealth, to name a few. If you've read Proverbs, you see that. Wisdom and understanding, wisdom and knowledge. She never comes by herself. It's a picture of how the kingdom operates. We don't ever just go by ourselves. We're never just working alone. We're always within a community. Where I bring one, they bring another. You know, my wife's name is Shannon. It actually means small, wise one. Imagine for a moment being named Craig, which means from the crag of the rock. (laughs) You wonder why I get things wrong. I'm hard-headed. The small, wise one is the one that helped me understand that that's the hidden place, the high place, the place where the eagles nest. I went from hard-headed to a high place because the small, wise one showed up. So what were people getting before I had the small, wise one? They were getting the hard-headed one. That's what they were getting. And the small, wise one was able to step in and go, wait a minute. There's a whole lot more to this. Wisdom always brings friends. So what did, what did Shannon do? She pointed me to the people I needed to be near. She helped me separate from the ones that were keeping me hard-headed. She reminded me of those that understood who I was and loved me for who I am. Wisdom showed up. So, what are, what are some of the things that take place when you apprehend wisdom? When you're moving with wisdom, what is some of the purpose of that? Creativity, leadership, strategy, justice. Nations come to you. And it even says that there was peace. Solomon had peace. Imagine that. Solomon had peace with those that were at war with him on every side. His father was a man of war. Solomon came in, apprehended wisdom, pursued her, and there was peace on every side. Sometimes what we're looking for is the strategy and solution to the repeated cycles we're stuck in. Apprehending that strategy and solution isn't praying to a God who's far away. It's actually speaking to wisdom who in Proverbs says she's in the middle of the streets crying out, will you incline your ear to hear me? It changes everything. You see, when you, when you take a family of 14 and say, hey, we're going to move, <clears throat> Most people, and a lot of people in my life, said that's not wisdom. But had they inclined their ear to hear wisdom? In a, in a, in a world that has a specific set of boundaries, structures, systems, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It's not wisdom. Why? I don't have a job. We're moving to a city we had never been in. I've never been to Cedar Park. I didn't even know where it was until I found it on a map. <laughs> we, we actually rented our house over the Internet. Never saw it. We, we didn't even know if it was real, honestly. <laughs> let's, let's be real just for a minute. Other than God telling us internally. There wasn't anybody to ask to take a look at it. We had already been told by almost anyone else that we could find there was nowhere for us to rent. No, who wants to rent with 12 kids? Come on, seriously. Think about that. My family had serious concerns. 
I get it. I totally get it. Uh, and I, I remember the one I feared the most was my little sister. Well, I have two little sisters, but my baby sister, Robin. Every time I've done something crazy, she has been terrified. Because I do have 12 kids. And is it responsible? Are you, are you crazy? Now, let me, let me give her a pass here and just make sure you understand. In my young days, I was nuts. <laughs> so, I get I have a little bit of history. At the same time, over the last 20 years, my crazy has been to follow my father. Which means that I'm a peculiar people living in a world that I'm not of. Taking responsibility to bring a kingdom that is unseen into a seen realm. And it looks bizarre. So when I said, hey, uh, guess what? We're going we're gonna to move. We're, we're going to move. She's like, oh, where are you going? Texas. Huh? <laughs> what? 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 And, and she, she goes, okay, okay, okay. You know what? I'd be worried, except what I've seen you do before has always worked. She said, I, I, I don't want you to go because I don't want you to be further away. But I know it's got to be God if you're telling me it's God. The unseen realm of wisdom encountering the seen realm causes people to go, that's not possible, but that's exactly what should happen. Wisdom takes things from the imagination and makes it real. Takes things that David imagined about a temple designed in his heart and Solomon made it real. God prepared people to build a temple with the spirit of wisdom. Imagine that. How many of you guys think that your house was built with wisdom? I live in a house. It's pretty nice. But was it built with wisdom or was it built with the previous structure? Did they just have designs from something else? Is that the spirit of wisdom? Something to think about. Somebody in their imagination began to dream about the, the residential area that I live in. And they began to map it out. Now you may say, well, their motive and their... I'm not asking about that. I don't care if the guy wanted to be a millionaire. Did that guy move with the spirit of wisdom to see the design, the layout, and begin to map it out? Did he have a strategy and a solution to the need for people to have somewhere to live. Sometimes we miss wisdom because we're looking for a motive. Sometimes we miss wisdom because we're looking in the natural realm for understanding before we get wisdom. It says wisdom and then understanding. Wisdom and knowledge. So, Here's what I want to say, and we'll, we'll close up. I'll make, I'll make it quick. <clears throat> Scripture makes it pretty clear how to achieve wisdom, how to, how to begin to have the unseen realm become seen. Proverbs chapter 2, it says, My son, if you receive my words, treasure my commands within you. So that you incline your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, search for her as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Hmm. Find knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up Sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the path of justice 
preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil. And then if you look at James 1, 5, and 6, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. That's an amazing thing, that if I ask in faith, that he's going to give me wisdom. You see, I was a little kid when I asked. I heard the story of Solomon. The number one thing to ask for, ask for wisdom. I was little and I said, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Now, let's talk about my motive in asking for wisdom. Solomon was rich. But there was something about a little kid that my motive wasn't always that way. I had moments where in my bed at night, I would begin to imagine what would it be like if God asked me what I wanted? If he asked me what I wanted. Now I was little, I didn't understand exactly what I was asking for. But I knew that it pleased the heart of a good father to ask for wisdom. And I was able to kill the motive of I want to be rich. And I asked, can I have wisdom? In my imagination, as a little boy, going to sleep, just saying, God, if you want me to ask you for something, can I have wisdom? Now, a little boy, 20 years ago, wasn't so little anymore. And I remember entering prophetic meetings and all these places, and they're saying, what would you ask God for? And I remember being a little boy and going, oh, I want wisdom. And I remember two years ago hearing the voice of my youth pastor, Dan McCollum, read a proverb every day. It'll revolutionize your life. I didn't do it when I was a teenager. But a few years ago, I started doing it. Odd that now people begin to say, he has incredible wisdom. I discovered a secret. You know, another thing that Dan likes to say is, when you do by intention what you've done with intuition, you'll achieve acceleration. You see, by intuition, I understood to ask for wisdom. I knew there were situations where there were things in the unseen realm that I needed to manifest in the seen realm, and I had to find a way to do that, and I had to access wisdom. But I only did it intuitively. I did it by instinct. Why? Because I'm prophetic in nature, and I understood that my Father's voice echoes within me. So I understood by intuition that I could access his voice at any moment, any time, any place. And so there were a lot of times I was mistaking her voice, wisdom's voice, for his. One of the seven spirits of God is wisdom. So I assumed that the voice that sounded so familiar to me was his voice and it was her speaking to me what I needed to do to see the unseen manifest in the seen realm. Wisdom was giving me strategies understanding of systems, understanding beyond what I could understand that was sitting in front of me and how to solve it, how to break cycles in people's lives that they kept doing over and over and over again and continue to try the same solution. You know, that's insanity. You know, there are times that the cycles, you may not know that you're moving, but you're moving according to the system and principle of insanity. And that's what it's breeding, is insanity and chaos. And I begin to look at these things and have these weird solutions because wisdom was talking. So I went, maybe I should be intentional. Maybe there's something more to this. So I began to engage with Proverbs. I began to read it every day. Not only did I read it, I began to take the verse that was highlighted and write it out in a journal. 
after I finished writing out in a journal what verse was highlighted for the day, I'd write my thoughts on it. What, what is this? Why does this stand out? What do I feel? What do I think? Trying to be intentional to engage with wisdom. And at the end, you know what I would do? I would sit and be quiet and say, wisdom, if you want to speak to me, I want to incline my ear and I want to hear. Things are a little different in my life. People are saying, hey, this guy has wisdom. Now, let me just give you some context for that just for a minute. Because it means something different to me than it probably does to you. Because I'm standing here. So I probably should have that. This, for some odd reason, this thing qualifies me to actually have something that I may or may not have. I don't know how this does that, but it does. It gives me full authority and promise right here. <clears throat> I'm a college dropout kid. I'm not, I'm not a successful businessman. Uh, I got 12 kids, got that down, uh, but I, I'm not a, I didn't graduate Bible college. I, I just woke up uh, three years ago and had an encounter with my wife and my four oldest girls who said, God said it's time. Quit your job and begin to teach and train. Uh, What? That does not sound like the voice of wisdom. A father of 12 doesn't just quit his job. Hey, I'm just going to quit my job. <laughs> We're just going to go and train and, you know. Nobody has my number, guys. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm getting calls from, I don't know, whoever you would know. Joel Osteen's not calling me to, you know, cover while he's on vacation. <laughs> what qualified me? Jesus said to a little boy a long time ago, I picked you. That's it. God told me a long time ago I was supposed to work for him. I didn't know what it looked like. Didn't know what it was going to be. Had no idea. What I'm trying to get you to understand is, just because I got the qualification card, yeah, uh, doesn't make us any different. I'm, I, I really do try to help people understand. As a dad, I try to explain to my kids what I've done so that they're better than me. I'm reading the same book. I, you have the same book I do. If you don't, I'm positive we can get you one before you leave. <laughs> Guarantee it. I'm talking to the same good father you have. What I'm trying to do is, as, as a dad, when I talk to my kids about what they're going to do, how they're going to get there, things in life, I'm always trying to give them an edge. Always trying to give them the edge to be ahead of where I was at their age. Ahead of where they need to be, of where they're going to go. I'm trying to give you the edge. So what does scripture say about getting wisdom? All I got to do is ask him. That's real easy. What else should I do? I'd probably read Proverbs every day. Proverbs is pregnant with the voice of wisdom. If you begin to read what she says, then you'll begin to recognize it when she speaks. Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom because he had spent time with Moses. So I begin to hang around people who have wisdom. I'm telling you, Bill Johnson, I'll listen to that guy any day of the week. Why? Because he pursues wisdom. Bill Johnson spoke out of Proverbs chapter 4 probably 15 years ago before anybody was saying anything. And he, he worked his way through and it has never left my heart or my mind. Because I heard the sound of someone in pursuit of something that I had never heard before. Couldn't put my finger on it. But when you do by intention what you've done by intuition, you achieve acceleration. Dan McCollum. Listen to that guy all the time. Drew Neal. 
I find myself trying to find those that move with wisdom, that listen for wisdom, that engage with wisdom, that they're looking for strategies and solutions to things from the, they're looking in the unseen realm to bring it into the seen realm to change the way things are. To build a city whose maker is God. I try to find people that understand that we are called to disciple nations, not just people. That they're looking to establish themselves with such wisdom that people come to them. So those are three real simple things that you can do to begin to engage with wisdom. You ask God, God, I need wisdom. You begin to read Proverbs every day. And then you begin to listen to those that have wisdom and move with wisdom and engage with it. The fourth thing is you sit and listen yourself. I sit down and I I put a journal in front of me and I go, wisdom, I'm ready to hear. I don't ask questions. I just wait. Now, everybody's got, you know, we all have things we got to do. There's all, I mean, I understand. Twelve kids. I might have something to do. (laughs) Right now, they're probably going, okay, Dad, that's about enough. Wrap it up. (laughs) Lunchtime, Dad. Let's go. So, this is what I want you guys to do. I want you to understand that when you sit down with wisdom, you're not going, hey, uh, I'm not trying to cut wisdom on time, but if I've got five minutes, you have my undivided five minutes. If I've got 30 seconds, do you guys understand the value of that? When I look at my wife and we've only got a minute before the kids come in, that can be the best minute we have of our entire day. 60 seconds, eye to eye, nose to nose. There's the kids. Time to go. Don't ever think because I only have 30 seconds. It's not a powerful 30 seconds. I don't get more out of it just because I've got 12 hours. If I've got it, I, they, I'll wait. If I don't have it, it's not happening. I don't remember the last time I had 12 hours. I don't remember the last time I had two. <laughs> but I... So those are your four things that you can walk out of here with going, I want to begin to see strategies and solutions from the unseen realm that I can manifest in the seen realm to see things change. We have a world right now crying out for solutions. The odd thing is we're trying to solve world problems when we haven't stopped to solve the cycle that we're stuck in. Sometimes the world's solution is in me breaking the cycle that I'm stuck in. There's something powerful. Chris said at the beginning about our family. It's something that's been a bizarre line for me to walk, that people see us all the time, family, family. You're called to the family mountain. Okay. For a while, I actually was bucking that. I was like, that's not really what I'm called... I don't care anymore. Call it what you want. Call me, tell me I'm on the family mountain. Tell me I'm on a football mountain. I don't. It doesn't matter. I, all I'm trying to do is see the kingdom expanded. I don't care where you see me or how you engage me. If Jesus' name is in it, I'm there. But it's funny because really, we don't understand the power of a family that's in unity, moving forward in kingdom expansion, and how it changes the world. I know I said the last thing. Sorry. I'm turning into one of these guys behind one of those things. 47 closings. Watch this. It's, it's a, there's a unique thing when you're able to begin to see the picture that God's created. There's solutions that need to be shared outside of your circle, but they can't be done until you've implemented them within your circle. Okay. I'll I'll stop there. So, if you want wisdom, 
Here's the unique thing. It says ask. So, we're here. We're not doing anything else. I seem to have your undivided attention, at least for the next 10 seconds, because you're all worried about what comes next. Uh, why don't you just ask? I've got you. I don't know what tomorrow morning is going to look like. I don't know what your afternoon looks like. I have no idea what your week's going to look like. But you actually have 10 seconds right now. All you got to do is ask. And then it's yours. So, there you go. Ask. Okay, 10 seconds, that's up. I won't keep you any longer. So, Father, I just release a blessing on each and every individual that's here. Father, I ask that their ears be broken open, that they would hear your voice clearly, that they would perceive what you're saying to them in a fresh new way. And Father, I release them to step into the place of wisdom that strategies and solutions begin to operate within their immediate vicinity. Father, and I ask that that would begin to move immediately on their behalf in every area of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, you surrender. <laughs> It's good stuff, amen? Um, when Craig was sharing, um, I'm glad that what he just did on the end. First of all, man, hey, kids, I forgot to dismiss y'all. I'm sorry. And nobody said anything, so sorry. Um, you know, when Craig was talking and giving all these amazing aspects about wisdom, um, and I love the way you wrap that up because the, the reality is, is you and I, we have the mind of Christ. We have full access to the heavenly realm. We have Ephesians 2 or 3 tells us that we have every spiritual blessing. And I love the way he described that journey that they had to go on and that he's on, right? Um, three years for the, the father piece, and now he's not going to miss out on the, on the wisdom piece. But it, the point is, is it's there. It's there. You and I just got to step in. You and I got to pursue and grab a hold of. Does that make sense? So let's grab a hold of our spiritual blessing of wisdom and let's take those steps that he described. And let's become the wisest that we've ever been. Amen? Why don't you all stand with me? You ready for some wisdom? I mean, you know, that's the one thing we pursue the most in this place is world changers. I mean, that's, that's who you all are. If you're here with us for any length of time, then you have heard that more than several times, that you are a world changer, and we're pursuing that, and we need wisdom to change the world. Is that true? Man, right now, you're, you're not kidding, brother. The world is in shambles right now. There are some things that, and, and the media only does a portion of it. They, they try to steer and direct us. We need the wisdom of our Father. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you just for your, just for, just the encounter today with, from where we began with worship through this, this, this place that Craig described that never leaves, right? We, we stayed in this place and we hear your heart through your son, to give us these words. And man, Father, just thank you that we have asked for wisdom and you've given. Um, I think it's really important for everyone to recognize it, that wisdom's going to come. He, like he said, be aware, right? Be, be, be aware of what's going on and how, how wisdom is going to speak to you, how she is going to move in your life. So, Father, I just, I just man, double anointing, double portion <laughs> of what Craig said over your people, over your family here, that we would be wise.
that we would take every bit of what you've given that we can handle at this moment and we would pursue and we would release the kingdom like you said to do so we can bring the, the, the wisdom of the heavenly realm to change the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. He's good, amen? Yeah? Well, I don't know. Uh, did you guys bring any books with you? So we, I, I know we have several back there, and uh, be sure and pick one up if you uh, feel inclined. Also, let me not forget to mention that um, you can give on the church app. Uh, we have the offering plates back there. Um, and if there's any other way you need to write a check or something, just, just come and get with me or Sarah, and, uh, and we'll let you know. But, man, let's, let's give. Uh, they live in Austin. Um, it's a drive, right? That two-hour-and-a-half-hour drive turned into like six yesterday, I think, or something like that. Ugh, man, anyway. I don't know. Is the food ready back there? Anybody know? Does he got a plan and a schedule? Or twelve thirty? All right. Two minutes. All right, everybody. God bless you all. Y'all have a great day. Go enjoy some Italian food, and we love you all. God bless.